0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Third Gear, a Formula One racing podcast. I'm Kate Egan, a marketing major with a passion for Formula One, and on this week's episode, we'll be talking about the Brazilian Grand Prix. Well guys, thanks so much for listening. If you listened to my last week's episode, you guys got to hear some of my predictions for how I thought qualifying and the race would turn out, and it is safe to say my predictions were very, very wrong. I predicted Charles Leclerc coming on pole in the qualifying session and a Max Verstappen win, both of which did not happen. That being said, I don't think anyone could have predicted what happened to have happened, so it was a wild race to say the least. Before we jump in and start talking about the actual race, let's go ahead and talk about some things leading up to it. We saw six drivers reveal special edition liveries for their helmets. Those included Sebastian Vettel, Lewis Hamilton, Alex Albon, Charles Leclerc, Mick Schumacher, and Sergio Perez. Four of those drivers had special edition Brazil helmets. We saw Sebastian Vettel had his traditional kind of vertical German flag but featured the Brazilian flag colors at the top of his helmet. Alex Albon had colors of the Brazilian flag as well with a cool beach graphic on the top of his helmet. We saw Lewis Hamilton reveal a special helmet for his home race after receiving honorary citizenship. It featured a sparkly Brazilian flag with some of those purple details we tend to see on a lot of his helmets. And then Charles Leclerc, who also had a Brazilian flag on his helmet. Honestly, this was not my favorite of Charles' helmets. I felt like his number 16 pretty much covered it up and I didn't even realize that it was the Brazilian flag when I first looked at it. Then we had Mick Schumacher, who had a tribute helmet to his karting days. It was super cool. It was just the blue with the stars on top. And he shared some photos of himself during the karting days as well. Lastly, we saw Sergio Perez, who revealed a Black Panther tribute helmet for the launch of the new movie. It was super cool, matte gray, and featured some of those gold kind of spikes we see on the Black Panther suit. Some other things we saw leading up to the race, Lando Norris got food poisoning on Thursday and wasn't present for media duties, but he was able to make it to every other day of the weekend. Alright, so let's go ahead and jump into this race. Practice session one was standard for a practice session. All of the cars started out on medium and hard compound tires, but Checo switched about halfway through the session into softs and most of the grid followed suit after that. We had a couple of drivers complaining about their cars, Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton most notably, but we ended up with Perez on top with 1 minute 11 seconds, 800. 153 milliseconds followed closely by leclerc verstappen signs and hamilton now qualifying is where things get interesting if you don't remember last weekend we had a sprint race so the schedule was a little different than normal I had practice one qualifying practice two sprint and then the race for friday's qualifying session it started off kind of rainy and damp so all of the drivers started on intermediate tires but as the session continued it began drying up and slick tires started coming out at the end of q1 lando Norris sat on pole then we moved on to q2 Two. Q2 was mostly dry, Verstappen took pole for the second round of elimination, and nothing too exciting happened. Q3, however, is when stuff starts getting a little crazy. The session started out dry, and Kevin Magnussen went out first, setting the fastest lap on soft-set tires before any of the drivers left the garage. He left the garage first, he had soft tires, he was on a dry track, he had no traffic to hold him up, and he set the fastest time shortly after his flying lap. Rain began to fall a little bit and the drivers started struggling to gain grip on the slippery track. This meant that no one could set a time faster than Kevin Magnuson's. George Russell, who ended up qualifying third, locked up and got caught in a gravel trap causing the session to be red flagged. As all the drivers came into the pits, more rain started falling, meaning the cars would not have time to go out and set the same speed on wet tires. When I was watching this, I had so many thoughts going through my head, I thought this was crazy. Kevin Magnussen's name was at the top of the leaderboard. and Charles Leclerc was intent because he never went out on soft tires. Ferrari sent him out on intermediate tires at the beginning of Q3 before rain had even started, so he never set a flying lap on softs. He was the only car to not go out on soft tires. Because it started raining during the red flag, even when they restarted the session, everyone could only go out on intermediate and no more slick tires could run the track. Kevin Magnussen qualified first and would stay there to start the sprint race. We got a super cool radio. Message. What are we? Here we go. Uh, So the qualifying results ended with Magnussen in P1 with a 1 minute 11 seconds and 674 milliseconds, followed by Max Verstappen in second, George Russell in third, Lindo Norris in fourth, Carlos Sainz in fifth, Esteban Ocon in sixth, Fernando Alonso in seventh, eighth was Lewis Hamilton, ninth Perez, and rounding up the top 10, Charles Leclerc. Definitely not the most expected qualifying session, but practice two still occurred on Saturday. We had Alcon top the charts with a 1 minute 14 seconds and 604 milliseconds. We had Logan Sargent gain an extra super license point towards his license. And then we moved on to the sprint race. All of the drivers started on soft compound tires except for Verstappen and Latifi who started on mediums. Interesting strategy from Red Bull putting Verstappen on the medium compound tires. Then starting off the sprint race, we saw Esteban Alcon and Fernando Alonso, teammates at Alpine, make contact into turn four. Alonso's radio message was, I lost the front wing thanks to our friend, he pushed me into turn four and then on the straight. In the end, Alonso was found at fault for the incident and received a five second penalty and two penalty points, dropping him to P18 at the end of the sprint. We also saw contact between the Aston Martin teammates, Lance Stroll and Sebastian Vettel. Lance pushed Vettel wide and received a 10-second penalty for an aggressive defensive move. Towards the end of the sprint, we saw Russell pass Verstappen, and then we watched Verstappen drop further and further down the order on those medium compound tires. When Sainz was passing Verstappen, he also clipped his front wing on lap 19, which caused some damage. We saw Alex Albon retire from the sprint race, and then And we also saw Ricardo, Hamilton, and Joe all under investigation from potential start procedure violations. So the results from the sprint race meant George Russell in first, Carlos Sainz second, third Hamilton, fourth Verstappen, fifth Perez, six Leclerc, seven Norris, eight Magnussen, nine Vettel, and running at the top 10, Pierre Gasly. Sainz took a five-place grid penalty for his sixth engine of the season and dropped from P2 to P7 to start the race. And now on to Sunday. So, tire compounds at the start of the race, we saw Alex Albon start on the hard compound tires. Leclerc, Sainz, Magnuson, Schumacher, Stroll, Alonzo, Latifi, and Sonoda on mediums, and then everyone else started on the soft compound tires. George Russell had a great start from pole position, able to pull ahead pretty easily. In turn eight, on the first lap, Kevin Magnuson and Daniel Ricciardo made contact, and both were forced to retire, bringing out a safety car. This is really unfortunate. I love Daniel Ricciardo, and his season is coming to a close, so it's unfortunate to see him retire. and Kevin Magnussen, who had such a good weekend leading up to Sunday, it's really upsetting seeing him out of the race so soon also. After the safety car came in, Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton made contact into turn two, causing damage to Verstappen's front wing. In the end, Verstappen received a five-second penalty for causing a collision, and he pitted for mediums as well as new wing, but it was one of the fastest pit stops we've seen where they've had to change a front wing, and it happened in 10 seconds. As well as the incident between Verstappen and Hamilton, we also saw Lando Norris make contact with Charles Leclerc, which caused Leclerc to crash into the barriers. However, However, he wasn't forced to retire, he was able to reverse out of the wall and rejoin the race. Norris received a five-second penalty for causing a collision. Later in the race, unfortunately, Lando Norris retired due to a loss of power, which caused another safety car. And this is where things started going down. After Leno Norris's safety car came in, Perez was one of the only front runners on medium compound tires, while Sainz and Leclerc behind him were on softs. This meant that after the safety car restart, he lost positions pretty quickly. We saw some pretty big team tensions also as the safety car was coming in. You see a lot of team tension, especially when two drivers are close and able to compete pretty evenly with each other. We saw some team tensions between Esteban Alcon and Fernando Alonso when they were told not to fight each other after the safety car restart, and Alcon was asked to let Alonso by. Alcon refused until he had passed Vettel first, and then eventually it ended up working out fine, but it was definitely a bit tense. We also saw Leclerc asked to be swapped with Sainz, but was also told to maintain fourth place position. And because third time's the charm, we also saw the Red Bull drivers have some controversy as well. Verstappen was told to pass Perez in order to catch Alonso, but if he was unable to pass Alonso, he was told to give the position back to his teammate, and he never did. Lastly, Pierre Gasly took another penalty, five seconds for speeding in the pit lane. The results of this race meant that Russell won his first ever Grand Prix, with Hamilton finishing out a Mercedes 1-2, then Carlos Sainz in the third-place podium spot, followed by Leclerc, Alonso, Verstappen, Perez, Ocon, Bottas, Stroll, Vettel, Guanyu, Schumacher, Gasly, Albon, Latifi, Sonoda, Norris, Magnuson, and Ricardo, those last three all with DNFs. All in all, this race was incredibly interesting. There was a lot of drama, a lot of controversy taking place, and a lot of people had a lot to say following the incident between Magnuson max verstappen and sergio perez taken in that last lap of the race verstappen told the team i told you guys already don't ask me that again are we clear about that i gave my reasons and i stand by it the team discussed that the matter was resolved horner issued a statement saying that as a team we had made some mistakes in brazil we had not fully agreed on a strategy before the race regretfully max was only informed at the final corner of the request to give up the position without all of the necessary information being relayed following the race max spoke openly and honestly allowing for both drivers to resolve any outstanding issues or concerns the team accepted max's reasoning and the conversation was a personal matter which will remain private between the team and no further comment will be made the events that followed social media point of view are completely unacceptable the abusive online behavior towards max Checo, and the team and their respective families is shocking and saddening and unfortunately is something that we as a sport are having to address with the pressing regularity there is no place for it in racing or society as a whole we need to do and be better at the end of the day this is a sport and we are here to race So I know there's a lot of mixed feelings about what happened. I'm just going to go ahead and share my opinion. I do not think the actions or things said that occurred were respectful or okay of a stop-in. However, that being said, I do agree that the hate received by him was not at all respectful or okay. I think that situations like this are super tricky. Formula One is a team sport, but it becomes really tricky because your biggest competition is your teammate. Red Bull specifically, you know, they're in this powerhouse of a car and they're two drivers that are both completely capable of becoming world champion as competitive drivers, but it tends to lead to conflict because team orders and strategy usually favor one driver over the other other. And I think that we saw a lot of this this weekend. We saw some conflict between Aston Martin, we saw some conflict between Alpine, and we did see some conflict between the Ferrari drivers as well. Obviously, I think that the move by Verstappen was not very cool, but I do think that people should remind themselves Max is not the only driver to ever prioritize himself over a teammate. We see conflict like this happen all the time, especially with two really capable drivers. So in the end, I think it's just a really tricky thing, but it does happen all the time. Both of the drivers are really good, both of them want to be winning and we don't know max's reasoning so i hope that it's valid we see teammate battles all the time it's just kind of how it is i do hope to see better teamwork from red bull in abu dhabi and they've obviously moved on from the conflict and i think so should we but congratulations mercedes on your first one two of the season and george russell on your first win i can't wait to see some more mercedes success next year and now this upcoming week and preparing for the abu dhabi grand prix So over the course of this week, we did get some sad news. Mick Schumacher will not be racing for Haas next year. There are some rumors about him joining Mercedes as a reserve driver, but there's nothing official yet. I think this is really unfortunate. I think Mick Schumacher has done really well this season and has kind of proven himself more as a driver. We have to remember this is only his second season racing, and I think it's really hard because a lot of people are consistently comparing him to his dad. He's still young and he still has a lot to learn. It's not helpful that Haas isn't the greatest team for strategy and for helping their drivers grow consistently consistently, but they have chosen to replace him with Nico Hülkenberg, who's making his F1 return. I think that Mick Schumacher is a great guy and a great driver, so I'm really hoping he'll be able to come back to this sport and race some more. He's really grown up a lot this year. I think he's proven himself more as he's gotten more consistent, finishing the points a few times now. He is still young and a rookie, so I think that it's important to remember he has growing to do. I really like Nico Hülkenberg. I think he's a pretty good driver, and I'm excited to see him race again. We are also getting a lot of tribute posts this week for some Sebastian Vettel, who is retiring after this season, making Abu Dhabi his last Grand Prix race. Honestly, it's making me quite emotional. Sebastian Vettel is honestly responsible for getting me into the sport. My older brother started watching Formula One before any of us, and he was Sebastian Vettel's biggest fan. Without my brother, I would have never learned about Formula One. When I started watching, Daniel Ricciardo was my favorite driver, and I have his merch from 2016 at Red Bull, so watching both of them leave this year is honestly really sad. I'm hoping to get to see Daniel coming back maybe after a year, and who knows, maybe Sebastian Vettel will make a return as well. Watching the two of them, plus Mick, all being drivers I deeply respect and encourage during races makes me quite upset. I wish them all the best, and I hope two of them return to the sport soon, and I hope Seb has a fulfilling retirement. Now let's prepare for Abu Dhabi. McLaren revealed their special livery for the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix with cool designs from their sponsor views. We have the drivers starting. They have two C3 compound tires, three C4 compound tires, and eight C5 compound tires. There were some slight changes in the layout to the track this year to make it just a little bit faster. We have a regular schedule this week, practice 1 and 2 on Friday, practice 3 in qualifying on Saturday, and the race on Sunday. The first Abu Dhabi Grand Prix took place in 2009. Sebastian Vettel won, and Jenson Button had already been crowned the world champion for that year. The track is 5.281 kilometers long and the race is 58 laps, and the lap record was set by Max Verstappen as a 1 minute, 26 seconds, and 103 milliseconds in 2021. A brief highlight of last year, it was incredibly dramatic, I don't even know where to begin. Max Verstappen won by taking over Lewis Hamilton in the controversial last lap sprint to the end and took the title of world champion. And lastly, let's make sure we prepare to watch Vettel's last race before retirement, as well as Ricardo and Schumacher's last race before their temporary departure, and I'm excited to see what these drivers have planned. Lastly, my predictions for this weekend. I'm expecting to see a pole position from George Russell in qualifying, breaking Max Verstappen's pole position streak in Abu Dhabi. And then for the podium results, I am expecting Max Verstappen in first, with Charles Leclerc in second, and George Russell in third. My dream race result, however, would be Sebastian Vettel finishing first, with Mick Schumacher in second, and Daniel Ricardo in third. Well guys, thanks so much for listening and be sure to tune in next week when we talk about the results of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix and prepare for the long winter break before next season. Thanks so much for listening and have a good night.